Hello, everybody, and welcome to our Following Jesus with Christ Church podcast. We try to make some observations and stories, share them with you about following Jesus from our perspective as Christ Church Grand Rapids. Uh, today, we actually want to broaden that perspective a little bit and think about uh, how the COVID virus is working its way through New York City. Uh, New York City, as many of you know, has been a hot spot for the COVID-19 virus. Uh, deaths are like at 4,700. Uh, confirmed cases in New York State are 130,000 and some. New York City itself, 72,000 confirmed cases. Uh, there are about 17,000 people hospitalized in, in New York. Um, over 4,500 people in intensive care worried about how many ventilators and everything that they have. And these numbers are all obviously still going up. Uh, at the time of this recording, there were 600 more deaths on Monday than there were on Sunday, and I'm sure that will adjust. There's some hope that New York has reached the peak, but it's really changed life in New York. As we approach this, I was thinking about Lamentations, where the prophet starts out, how lonely sits the city that was once so full of people, how like a widow she has become, she who is great among the nations, she who was a princess among the provinces has become a slave. She weeps bitterly in the night with tears on her cheeks. We get a sense of that even in Grand Rapids if you go downtown, but how much more so uh, a place like New York, uh, just a, a, a beautiful city, uh, so alive, so vibrant, and yet so ravaged now. So to help us think through this, we have with us today Annie Sheck, uh, one of our regular attenders at Christ Church, certainly part of our family there. She and her husband, Rich and, and Parker, and Annie is a native New Yorker. So Annie, welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you join us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Why don't you give us a little bit of a background of yourself, you know, introduce your family for us and then tell us a little bit about New York City and growing up there. Yep. Um, so like you said, I'm, I'm married to Richard. Um, he occasionally plays guitar for, for church service. And right. uh, we had our first child. Um, his name's Parker. He's about 11 weeks old. So I am a new mother. Um, yeah, awesome. We, we moved to Grand Rapids, I want to say four years ago. And pretty quickly, we um, had found Christ Church. Yeah. Um, have been part of the PCA family for uh, a number of years. So it was great that there was a PCA church in town and um, have been loving it. Uh, we are immersed in the C group uh, at Christ Church. Um, I am a native New Yorker, born and raised. Um, I am also Chinese American. So my parents um, are immigrants from China. They uh, were born and raised in Shenzhen, which is the Southern part of China, really, okay close to Hong Kong. Um, okay. And so they moved to New York in the 80s. Um, and I was born in Manhattan. And I did all my schooling in New York City in Brooklyn, Bronx and Long Island. I, I stayed there for um, my work, which um, was in healthcare for a little bit, but all non clinical related work. And um, 
yeah, I, I still have a lot of my network in, in New York City, whether that, you know, that includes family, friends, um, my professional network, um, New York City, as well as Jersey and Pennsylvania, Connecticut, all along the East Coast. Yeah, so you, you're definitely deeply entrenched still in New York, like you said, friends, networks, all that sort of stuff. Um, Note, now you, Rich, and your family live here. What are some of the stories? I mean, because you've certainly been hearing things about New York, and you're connected there to, to people. I mean, your, your dad is still there, as you mentioned, yeah. sort of before all of this. What are some of the stories that have been impactful for you or some of the things you want to share about that? Yeah. Um, right when the outbreak began um, – I think somewhere in January, uh, we had been already been planning for my mom to visit me since, you know, we, we had just had Parker. So she, she was lucky where my sister and my mom um, were able to travel here uh, a month ago or so. Um, but my dad stayed back. He has some health issues. And so it was just best that he stay in New York City. Um, and unfortunately, or, you know, fortunate for my mom, I think she's still here in Grand Rapids um, because it's safer here. But my dad is alone in New York City in a small apartment. Um, he's been isolated for two weeks, um, staying at home, just to help paint a picture of the living situation. Um, my parents live in a small, I, I, I think it's like 800 square foot apartment um, in a housing co-op. It is comprised of seven buildings. Each building has 22 floors. Each floor has about 20 apartments. Um, and so when you think about an average of two or three people living in each apartment, it can range from 800 to, you know, 1200 people per building sharing wow. four elevators, right? Yeah. And wow. um, four elevators that are, don't have that six foot width, right? Where you right. can respect the guidelines. So it's, it's quite concerning because my dad is high risk. He's an older He's, he's elderly, he's got health issues, and, um, you know, we, we worry about him, and thankfully, some of my, my um, cousins, I have an aunt uncle that live nearby, and cousins that live nearby, but one of them have been tasked to get groceries and drop them off for my dad, right, but other than that, my dad hasn't, he hasn't left the apartment for two weeks, um, he's, he's even afraid to, like, walk out on the balcony, just because, you know, the balconies are kind of on top of each other, right? Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's my dad. And uh, any, any questions about my dad before I say yeah, how's, how's he holding up? Is he doing okay? Yeah, he's a, he's a simple man. <laughs> he can eat the same things over and over again and still be content, so that's great. Um, but I worry because his normal routine is to go out and um, do a couple of laps with his friends, walk around mm. the park. And so there's a lot of... Um, there's less physical activity that he can do now. <laughs> He'll just walk from the living room to a bedroom and back and forth. Yeah. He's trying to make the best of it. And we, we call him, you know, one or two times a day um, just to check on him. But it can be very um, lonely uh, for him. Um, so For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And you also said that you, you were connected to the healthcare system at one point in New York as well. I mean, do you still have friends that are, are working in that there in New York that are part of all of this? Yeah. Um, I have oh, too many, too many medical friends. Um, yeah. Actually, it's good if you have, you need medical advice. And your husband's a doctor too. So I think you've got those bases covered. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I can get multiple opinions. Um, this, I, my, my best friend is a nurse. Um, 
And so she, her, her patients are actually medical students and grad students of a hospital. Oh. Um, that's who she cares for. And um, weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, um, she believed she had a patient who was a COVID patient, but it hadn't um, fully been tested yet, but she wasn't wearing the PPE. Right. Um, and so mm. because of that concern, she voluntarily self-isolated herself from her daughter and, and, and husband um, for a week and a half just to make sure that she didn't develop symptoms. Right. Um, and that was hard. Um, she was able to reconnect with her, her husband. And when I say isolated, it means she kicked them out of the apartment went they lived with the in-laws uh, or wow. actually her parents and so she didn't even see her husband or child for a week and a half wow. um, and thankfully now she they switched her to a remote position for the time being so yeah and uh i have one other friend who is a critical care nurse uh, sorry critical care doctor who um is having a really tough time in the front lines um caring mm. for patients and um really expressed that it was the worst week of her life last week. Um, and that, you know, it's hard to talk about death, right, in general. Yeah. But when, and, and doctors don't anticipate having to talk about it all the time. And I think being in that position of telling families that their families, that their family members are ill and not going to make it, and they have to, they can't be there with their family members is, very um, heartbreaking. Um, and so I, I have friends that are dealing with this kind of emotional situation and stress and they have to hold it together um, for other families. Yeah. So there's a lot, of, a lot of these kinds of stories that, that are heartbreaking. And yeah, I can only imagine. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted to talk to you and spend some time with you today is just, you know, for many of us in Kent County, by God's grace, it's, it's been at an arm's length or maybe even two arm's length. We've kind of watched it, you know, go around the world and, and come a little bit closer. But when we read these stories, these are real people. And you, of course, have friends and parents and all of that right in the middle of that. And we could be facing that too. Like, what are some of the things as you've reflected on this and, and watched it, what are some of the ways, um, that maybe watching your friends go through that has changed the way that you think about the way you engage with it um, or things that you're preparing for I any lessons that you've learned as you've thought about this? I think that this is, um, this is going to be a lot of trauma for a lot of people. Mm. Um, those who are in the front lines. I mean, I'm, I'm reading it. And this is an opportunity for us in Kent County and West Michigan to prepare. Um, if, if we are, uh, if we respect the social distance, distancing, um, you know, we may not have a huge surge and we can prepare um, whether or not it's, uh, you know, the groceries and everything, but mentally prepare or spiritually prepare. Right. Um, so I think we have to, even though it's kind of hard to watch New York go through this and be the first of our, our cities in America to go through it, there are a lot of lessons learned for the hospitals. And we, you know, being married to Rich, who works at Spectrum Health, we know that they're taking so many different um, precautions and changing protocols so that right. um, healthcare can be delivered at the highest quality that they can. Um, and so 
we have a lot to learn. Um, I think the other piece is spiritually, I think everyone goes through valleys and hard places. Um, and I think for me, I've gone through, you know, two or three myself, um, you know, for myself, from, you know, family illness, things like that. Right. And I am reminded of how God's delivered me from those. Mm -hmm. And I think that if everyone can reflect on, um, if they have had valleys, right, hard places, and think about how God's delivered them, just remember this is a, a deeper valley, right, and that God shines brighter the bigger the valley. It's, it's kind of a hard thing to say, right. but if you can remember how he de he's delivered you, just trust in, in him again that we can overcome this. It may not mm. feel like it right now, but right. Um, that's how I get through it. Yeah, that's so good. I really appreciate your your sharing both of those things, both that idea of, of preparedness and being ready and then also just trusting even in the midst of, of the valleys. One other angle I wondered if you would be willing to speak to, uh, you mentioned earlier that you have a Chinese-American descent and you know, you've heard different stories and, and maybe even you've experienced yourself of of backlash against Asian Americans. Um, and usually it's, it's just generally Asian Americans because uh, folks aren't that distinguishing <laughs> of what particular, <laughs> is there actually even a difference between Chinese and Korean? So many, you know, of my Anglo brothers and sisters don't know the difference, but uh, mm. anyway, I, any, any reflections on that? Have you had any experiences your, yourself yeah. that you might be willing to talk about? Yeah. I grew up with a lot of um, racism, right? Mm -hmm. So I've experienced it all my life from childhood to adulthood. It's just, it's, it's kind of numbing. Um, I would say that in particular, it hasn't been an uptick in the last couple of years, not even just the coronavirus right. um, coming up, but in particular, obviously, because this came about in Wuhan, China, right. um, you know, I think the Chinatowns of America got hit first from an economical standpoint of all the restaurants. No one wanted to bring their business or go mm. support businesses in the Chinatowns. Um, there's this notion that maybe you can get it just by being close to someone who is of Chinese descent, um, which isn't true. Right. Um, and there have been an uptick in hate attacks on the Asian American community. I don't have the exact numbers, but it, right. it's gotten so bad that there's a, an actual website where Asian Americans can submit the hate crimes yes. um, to this website. Yes. Um, so I, it's not surprising to me when I have encountered racist um, encounters, um, but you know, it, we are not immune to it in West Michigan. Um, no. Unfortunately, yeah. recently, my husband and I went to um, a large store on 28th Street, and we're just trying to pay for something. It was, you know, there wasn't a lot of people in the store, um, maybe four or five people um, where we were standing. We were on the checkout line, and, you know, a gentleman that was standing three feet away from us, he had been standing there for a couple of minutes doing nothing. Um, maybe he was they, he was looking at us, but out out of nowhere he says coronavirus out loud and walks away. <laughs> it's yeah. very bizarre um, and it's it's heartbreaking. Um, you know, it caught us by surprise and um, we didn't really know how to react. And 
And I, I'm glad we didn't react. I, I think, um, you know, mm. to some degree, maybe a different reaction would have been reaching out and kind of walking towards this person and kind of having a conversation. But I think we were just so, um, not startled, but um, we just didn't know what to do. We didn't expect it. Right. Um, and so we weren't armed with a response that would have been maybe more helpful. Um, right. So, yeah, we're not, it's not, I'm not immune to it anywhere I go. Yeah, for sure. It, it is really one of the things that I just have been so sad about uh, as we watch this, rather than grieving with, with folks or, or just finding uh, a solidarity. And I, I know a lot of people do find the solidarity. Um, people want to point fingers and blame and draw distinctions and, and all of the hate that comes about. Think, you know, there's probably a lot of reasons for it. People are afraid, you know, lack of understanding, you know, all of these different things, but it is certainly a sadness and really sorry that you had to experience that as well. That's, it's no fun. Yeah, Andy, that's definitely not something that's uplifting for us to hear. And we are sorry that you, you definitely went through that. I mean, in a time when we're all sort of brought together by this virus, like Andrew was saying, there's probably things that will drive us apart still. And so we certainly will pray for those things in our own hearts too. Um, you know, we, we talked last week as pastors about idols and just ways that this virus is bringing things out of our own hearts and, and sometimes out of our own mouths. And so we'll certainly um, be praying in our own lives about that. But, you know, bringing it home, thinking about you and Rich and Parker and your family, what are ways that we as a family, Christ Church family, can be praying for you guys during all this? Um, I, think I, I think I mentioned that Rich was a family physician at Spectrum Health, um, yep. and they're doing this, the organization's great. Um, Spectrum Health is doing everything they can to prepare for a surge for us. Um, and even though he's a family physician, it doesn't, you know, he can be redeployed to another, another um, location or if they have a specific need, um, if there is a COVID surge, um, he could be working closely with those patients. And so we're not at a point where that's the actual situation. Right. Um, but in the case that is, in the case that happens and he has to work directly with COVID patients, um, you know, we, I'd love prayer and thinking through how we navigate our everyday lives you know mm. he won't he won't be able to um be closer to us right he you know right. parker's pretty young and you know in a real life scenario if he, if we were in new york city he, he would not live in this house right or he would be in mm. a room he wouldn't wow. hold parker we wouldn't have dinner together like it's just it's hard um and that is the reality for a lot of our you know, medical staff right now, yeah. um, even though the numbers of cases are low. Right. Um, so, you know, prayer is selfishly, you know, I hope he doesn't get re redeployed, but if he does just um, that we can uh, work together as a family and still um, he can do his fatherly duties, yeah. you know, in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Sure. Yeah. Well, we'll certainly be praying for your mom too, while she's yeah. stuck with you guys. No. Oh no, not stuck. I I enjoy it. He, she is helping out. Oh, good, <laughs> I get good. more yeah, sleep because she's here. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. That's good. We'll definitely be praying for your dad as he is stuck uh, yeah. there in New York. So 
we'll keep that on the forefront. You know, Andrew opened looking at Lamentations, and I was just doing some flipping ahead to Lamentations, sinking later, you know, as it sort of crescendos into chapter three. There's these verses that the author says, you know, I've forgotten what my happiness is. And it just really has really hit me. I mean, I think there, a lot of us are like that as we see this brokenness around, we're talking about it on various different levels today. Um, We've forgotten what happiness is. So I say, so he continues to go on. My endurance has perished. So has my hope from the Lord. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind. So he's saying this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will have hope in him. And I think like you said earlier, Annie, I mean, that is where we have to come back to through all of this is just remembering where our hope is. Remember that our hope is not in some of the sort of earthly things that, you know, vaccinations, these things will be great. And I hope that they come sooner rather than later, but our hope ultimately in life and death is in the Lord. And so we, we place our hope there. And so as we pray, as we close our time together, that'll be a part of our prayer. Hopefully that's a part of your prayer family as you're listening to this, thinking about certainly Annie and Rich and Parker and their family, but just the rest of us that are experiencing COVID-19, whether at a firsthand in our own lives, knowing people affected by it, or even as an arm's length or two arm length away, we're still praying for those and looking to the Lord for our hope. Let me go ahead and close in prayer. Father, We are thankful for your provisions, for the way that you continue to provide for all of us uh, amidst this. We look at the devastation that's happening, the the amount of deaths. In some sense, uh, our lives, because we're so inoculated with news, are a little bit calloused at numbers. You know, numbers don't mean a whole lot to us, especially here, maybe in West Michigan, other parts of the country where we're not experiencing the, the, the sort of devastation firsthand but those numbers are real lives. They're real souls. They're real people. And sometimes they're connected to those that we know and hold dear. Sometimes they are those that we know and hold dear. So Lord, we come to you as our only hope, as the author in Lamentations has spoken. When we have forgotten even what our happiness is, when we're at our lowest point, we remember, we call to mind, we recall your mercy, your grace, your love. It's so deep for us. It's so unmoving, unchanging, despite all the things going around in our lives, your love, your care, your knowledge of our own personal lives, of our collective whole as your people does not change. And we're thankful for that truth. So we do pray for for all of those that are on the front line, certainly pray for the medical folks, Lord, that you'd be in their lives, protecting them, keeping them safe, reminding them of their hope or surrounding them by people who remind them of the hope that they have in Christ and a relationship with him. Lord, may we be the first to pray for those people. May we remember Annie and Rich and Parker and her family as we pray this week and think about those that are impacted and in Uh, have this COVID-19 touching them on their doorstep. Lord, we bring all of this to you because we know you hear us. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. Thank you so much for joining us, Annie. It was a real pleasure to have you and um, Christchurch family. We're so glad that you joined us as well. We hope that you will continue on staying safe, but more importantly, keeping your eyes on Jesus as we seek to follow him throughout all our days. We'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you want more from Christchurch, you can find us at our website, ChristchurchGR.org. That's ChristchurchGR.org. And while you're there, check out the Staying Connected during COVID-19. You can find other resources. You can find our latest podcasts, home worship guide, and other great things to stay connected during this time. You can find this podcast at any of your regular podcasting outlets, whether that's through Apple iTunes or through the Google Play Store. We're so glad you checked in. We hope to see you next time.